There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of The Broad Experience is sponsored by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash broad to learn more. Welcome to The Broad Experience. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. This time on the show, just how differently do investors judge women as opposed to men when women are seeking funding for a startup? We speak to one female co-founder who had never given her sex or race much thought until she started looking for funding in Silicon Valley. And in part two of the show, we meet women from two global companies that are upping their numbers of female employees and altering a few ingrained practices at some of their offices around the world. They would call meetings at 8 p.m. or they would call meetings on Saturdays, which was a significant barrier to the women who had families and had to go home. One woman even suggested that, you know, she thought that she was not getting promoted because she was unable to stay and work those kinds of hours. Coming up on The Broad Experience. Today's sponsor is Audible, the leading provider of downloadable audiobooks with over 100,000 titles in virtually every genre. If you want to listen to it, Audible has it. Listen to audiobooks anytime, anywhere, iPhones, iPads, computers, or Kindles. Audible is offering broad experience listeners a free audiobook along with a 30-day trial. Go to www.audiblepodcast.com broad to take advantage of this special offer. One book I highly recommend is Tina Fey's Bossy Pants, and she narrates the audiobook. Not only is it hilarious, but it actually has some great lessons for the workplace. And I think it's just as funny for men or almost as funny for men as it is for women. And if you commute by public transport as I do, be prepared for some odd looks from your fellow travellers because you are likely to burst out laughing at some inopportune moment. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash broad to take advantage of the offer. Elizabeth Yin is 31 and the co-founder of a technology startup called Launchbit. She started it two years ago with her best friend from high school, Jennifer Chin. In the autumn of 2011, they began the search for their first round of investor funding for Launchbit, which is an ad network for email newsletters. Elizabeth points out that it's really hard for anyone of either sex to land funding from venture capital firms or angel investors because investing in startups is risky. Most end up failing, so investors are wary. She says investors try to hedge their bets by looking for certain types of founder. I'll let her pick up the story from here. I should say I had to record her on a bit of a tinny cell phone. One way that investors try to increase their chances of success is they try to look for patterns to see who they've invested in before who have been successful and to try to see if they can repeat that. And that in itself is not a bad thing. I mean, I think that's great. But I think one of the problems with that is traditionally most people who have started companies, um, at least up until recently, have typically been young, white, male hacker types. 
that's kind of the stereotype that a lot of folks have in this industry. And Elizabeth and Jennifer clearly did not fit that stereotype. Still, Elizabeth had never dwelt on any of this before. You know, I don't go through my life thinking, oh, I'm an Asian woman and I'm running a business. I, I think of it as, oh, I, I'm running a business. You know, it doesn't didn't even occur to me to think about it. And you don't think about it until sometimes little reminders come up. And they did. But in this one particular conversation I had with one angel investor, we were finishing up our conversation, and I asked him, what did he think? And to which he responded, well, I don't want to say the wrong thing and call you a meek Asian woman, but I wonder how you will lead a group of about 100 people. And I was just so shocked. I was not even sure that I heard him correctly. Like, it took me a second to to process, like, did I really just hear hear that from him? But I did. I did hear that from him. And and then it, the next second, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I need to come up with a good response to that, like, right now. So it doesn't actually confirm that I'm a meek Asian woman. She sat up straight, looked him in the eye, and assured him she had no problem being authoritative. But he didn't invest, and Elizabeth says she wouldn't have wanted him to at that point anyway. Now, Elizabeth and Jennifer did end up getting a million dollars in seed funding from a combination of venture capitalists and angel investors. They're some of the lucky ones. More than 90% of venture capital funding goes to men, according to the Kaufman Foundation. So she's not complaining. But the whole process made her think about being female in a way she never had previously. Take the question of what to wear in front of investors, virtually all of whom were men. Since you have to meet with so many investors in order to get some small percentage to invest, I started keeping a spreadsheet of all the different investors I was meeting with and the status of you know, where they were in considering investing in our round. And I also started keeping other notes around, uh, around my meetings with them, like you know, what I wore or what they were like. like and um, I found that actually I had more success with one particular set of clothing and it you know just happened to be like a t-length skirt and a nice blouse the other the other things that I had worn for other meetings were I had another wardrobe that was a long skirt that went down to the to the floor and um, and then I had another another uh, set of clothing that was um, essentially just nice dress pants and amongst the three of those wardrobes or, you know, sets of clothing, the T-length skirt definitely did the best. I don't know if it, you know, has anything to do with the fact that, you know, maybe actually the other sets of clothing are just awful and don't match or, or maybe I don't wear them well or maybe they don't fit me well or maybe I had, like, stains on them or, or maybe I just, you know, are more confident with the particular set that worked out. But for whatever reason, there was a difference in success amongst the different sets. One thing about her appearance a woman can only disguise for so long is a pregnant belly. Jennifer, Elizabeth's co-founder, was expecting during their funding round. The two women had read enough about male investors' overwhelmingly negative perceptions of pregnant founders to know it was best not to draw attention to Jennifer's bump. You know, I did most of the fundraising by taking all the initial meetings and only if investors wanted to meet with Jennifer, then, you know, she would go along to those meetings. And nobody except for one person 
actually ever addressed her pregnancy. Like, we would go into VC offices, and I would look at these, you know, partners to kind of see if I could guess what they were thinking. They were pretty good at having stoic faces, but you could tell they noticed she was pregnant. So I don't know exactly what they were thinking. But in the end, every single meeting that we took where she went in, we did not actually get funding from those VCs. So in general, it's hard to raise money from VCs. So maybe they didn't invest in us for other reasons. But it is interesting to note that data point. And finally, one last thing Elizabeth Yin has noticed in Silicon Valley as one of very few women circulating at local startup events, sometimes she's mistaken for the help. When I've gone to those, like even with a plate in my hand with food on it and a beer in the other hand, you know, walking around talking with people, people will ask me questions about the silverware or, or what food is coming out or, you know, stuff like that, or if I work for the event company that put it on and it's just a little strange because when you kind of look at the context I'm you know standing there eating it's carving down the food and gulping down the drinks you know I would be an awful caterer if I were doing that right she would indeed Elizabeth is fairly sanguine about all this she says the more visible women founders become in Silicon Valley the less likely it is that stuff like this will happen in the first place and women founders in her age group are growing in numbers, even if they're still outnumbered by men. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to create your own website. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use offer code BROAD4. Squarespace is constantly updating their platform with new features, new designs, and more support. They have beautiful designs for you to start with and lots of style options for you to adjust so you can really create your own space online. Squarespace also makes sure your site automatically looks great on any device. It's easy to use, but if you want some help, Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Again, you can try Squarespace for free, no credit card required. And if you buy, make sure to get 10% off and support the show by using the offer code BROAD4. Last month, I attended the annual conference of Catalyst, the nonprofit that advocates for women in business. They handed out awards that day to three companies they felt had made great strides when it came to advancing women. A couple of shows ago, we heard from Unilever about what it's doing all around the world to try to lure women from different cultures into the workforce. That day, I also met Jana Sigurdsson, who's a managing director with global mining company Alcoa in Iceland. She says the company's CEO made the decision to achieve a more balanced workforce right before the recession struck in 2008. The price of aluminum, or aluminium, depending on where you're listening to this, fell by 60%, and Alcoa cut its workforce by more than a third. But she says the effort to get more women on board didn't falter. So we have, uh, I don't remember, 3% more, I think, uh, female workforce and, and that is really amazing in a time where we couldn't just hire in a lot of new women to get their diversity numbers up. And some people, just to contextualise it for people, because some people seeing the numbers which are sort of 
from the mid 20s to the high 20s of representation. Yes, correct. Say, well, that's not very much. So, how do you put that in context? Well, what we do is we try to compare with the numbers in in the same kind of business area, because if it would be office personnel or if it would be all these kind of areas, which is typical for both sexes, then it's not fantastic, not at all. But if we look at well. Mining, I think when I say mining, people really start thinking about the heavy industry. Well, you don't see a lot of female in the mining industry. And, and this is the kind of industry that we're working in, in very remote uh, location, 12-hour shifts, it's physical hard work. So, so it's certainly not in an environment inviting uh, women. So we need to do other things to invite the women. Jana works at a plant in the mountains on the east coast of Iceland, an hour's plane ride from the capital, Reykjavik. She says when the company first opened the plant and started holding recruitment events in this sparsely populated area, only men showed up. So while COA started arranging events especially for women, where women could ask questions they might not if they were surrounded by guys, more and more women began to apply and be accepted for jobs in this traditionally very male environment. Making aluminium is a laborious business that Jana herself takes part in from time to time. So working in, for instance, a pot room, it is a 1.1 kilometers very long building. And we have in each of the different pot rooms, we have 168 pots. And, and it's, we are producing metal in the pot, so we need to open the pots. And it's very hot when you open it. Um, and you need to put some dressing on top of the big anode chunks, which is one tons of huge anodes uh, in the pot. And um, it's physical work. It's, it's not very hard physical work, but it is physical work. And you're sweaty and you get dirty and dust all over. And I love it. <laughs> what, what, what ha- what's been the reaction of the, of, the, of the guys in the company to this initiative? I'm curious if it, if it has been very... You know, it, it is a male-dominated industry, so what's... It certainly is, but I have to say that um, our males, for instance, at the plant, they, they expect it to be like this. They wouldn't have it. And you, Yeah, don't look at me like that, because they want it like that. <laughs> And well, honestly, it's that Icelandic thing. It's that no, the Scandinavian. The men are just no, a it's, species. it's not. I think when you have tried working in a team where it's only one sex. So, for instance, many, many years ago, I was working in a kitchen and cooking at a nursing home when I was studying, and it was only females in that kitchen. Every second weekend, we had this young kid coming in doing the dishes. It was a most fun and delicious time working because it was a totally different atmosphere. And it's exactly the same that some of my operators coming to me and say, Yana, I don't think you realize how much more fun it is when we have diverse teams. She says one middle-aged man told her he'd never worked with women until recently and had no idea how enjoyable it could be. Another company that was honoured by Catalyst that day was Coca-Cola. The company realised several years ago that given the vast majority of purchasing decisions are driven by women, it needed to make more of an effort to advance women within its ranks. It's a worldwide effort, and as Vice President Kathy Waller says, every country has different blind spots. There was a particular country where it was traditional that, we, that everybody worked late. 
and uh, it, women Couldn't were... Couldn't be the U.S., could it possibly? Actually, it was not the U.S. It was, and when I mean late, they call meetings at 8 p.m. Now, in the U.S., we don't particularly call meetings at 8 p.m. You may be there at 8 p.m., but you're not in a meeting. You're generally getting work done. Perhaps you were in a meeting all day long and you have to get your work done at night. But they would call meetings at 8 p.m. or they would call meetings on Saturdays, which was a significant barrier to the women who had families and had to go home and I believe we, one woman even suggested that you know, she thought that she was not getting promoted because she was unable to stay and work those kinds of hours. Um, so we have a, a talked to that specific leader. I, I talked to that specific leader myself. And it helped them understand. Now, this wasn't just the Coca-Cola company. This was kind of traditional to the environment that they were in, the market that they were in. But I said, you know, why can't the company lead the way for that kind of change? And that specific leader who has made incredible progress over the last several years in terms of, of women and the initiative. So it, it's, you know, it, it will take a long time because cultural things take a long time to make change. But we see progress being made. And the women see that we are working on their behalf, and they are very energized. As well as advancing women within the company, Coke has launched a program called 5 by 20 to help women entrepreneurs in the developing world run their businesses better. These are generally women who are selling Coke and other things from tiny stools or shops. Charlotte Odes explains. She's Global Director for Women's Economic Empowerment. Alice in Nairobi grows mangoes. And we work with Alice, together with TechnoServe, another one of our partners, to help Alice and the cooperative of fruit farmers to actually grow better quality mangoes that we can then help them get better prices for cooperatively. And then we take those mangoes and we have just literally launched in the last 12 months a mango juice sourced from the mangoes that Alice and her cooperative have grown. They are now running a sustainable business, which they were not before. Um, Alice is now leading that cooperative group, and we now have um, a Minute Maid um, mango juice on the market in Kenya. She says, sure, it's all about advancing Coca-Cola's business as well as the entrepreneurs, but that, she says, is better than simply handing out a check as a philanthropist might. Now, as I mentioned in a past show, Oxfam brought out a report a few months ago called Behind the Brands, which looks at the practices of 10 global consumer goods firms, including Coca-Cola. The report gave Coke 5 out of 10 when it came to its treatment of women in the supply chain. That was actually the highest mark any of the 10 companies received in the women category. And Oxfam told me that was largely down to Coke's 5 by 20 campaign. That's the broad experience for this time. If you like the show, please consider going to iTunes and writing a positive review. Reviews really help the show's chances of being discovered. Anything you can do to drive listenership would be much appreciated. And for stories about women in science, check out Stories from the Field. It's a series of short interviews with women scientists, and it comes from the Chemical Heritage Foundation. Go to chemheritage.org slash stories from the field. And if you have feedback about this show or story ideas, you can find me at ashley at thebroadexperience.com. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.